a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. We're here with you all the way till 3 o'clock today. Uh, the text line has been uh, lighting up, of course. Uh, <laughs> as usual, it just really depends on where you fall on the spectrum as to, to what you're asking about. Uh, some people are defending the president. Some people are condemning the president. Some people are condemning the members of Congress. Some people are saying they're right on. Uh, and that is always the case. Uh, but we always want to hear from you. We want to get your uh, perspective on what's going on. Um, we have a lot of people saying, no, the president's tweet are not racist. He's saying uh, if uh, you don't like if you don't like it here, then you can go somewhere else. Uh, that's a that's an option. Uh, but there's a lot of things uh, to to split there in the context of a lot of those things. Uh, but keep uh, giving us your insight, your take on it. As always, you can uh, chime in on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500, only when it is safe because safety first. All right, I want to shift gears now to something uh, far more positive and far more productive. Uh, I want to talk about the Apollo 11 mission. Uh, 50 years ago today, they lifted off a four-day travel to uh, the moon. And this was an extraordinary thing. And and the thing that I want to really dig down on, I was was going over this this morning, uh, because as as you all remember, uh, I always sign off the show talking about seeing something that inspires, saying something that uplifts, and then doing something that makes a difference. Uh, I was out for a walk with my wife, Debbie, last night, and I don't know if any of you looked up in the sky last night. The moon was absolutely unbelievable, just extraordinary, stunning uh, to look up and to see that. And somehow I think that's a a little bit of uh, poetry in motion to see that moon uh, during this week uh, as we celebrate Apollo 11 and that first moon landing. Uh, And so I did. I, I looked up and I saw something that inspired me. Uh, And then I thought about what was it that led to that? And it was people who said something that uplifted the nation. And for all of the great rhetoric uh, that came out of uh, President John F. Kennedy, I I think his vision and his ability to unite the nation, uplift the nation around a common goal uh, was truly his most important legacy. And so I was listening early this morning to a speech he gave, not the speech he gave to Congress when he said we we need to go to the moon, but a speech that he gave at Rice University in September of 1962. Uh, And I want to play for you a couple of clips and uh, share a little insight in terms of what I think it means to say something that uplifts and that really inspires people to do something that made a difference for all of us. Uh, So first, uh, the president uh, starting off there, 
Uh, again, at Rice University, September of 1962. Uh, starts with this familiar phrase. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. It is for these reasons that I regard the decision last year to shift our efforts in space from low to high gear as among the most important decisions that will be made during my incumbency in the office of the presidency. In the last 24 hours, we have seen facilities now being created for the greatest and most complex exploration in man's history. We have felt the ground shake and the air shattered by the testing of a Saturn C-1 booster rocket, many times as powerful as the Atlas which launched John Glenn, generating power equivalents to 10,000 automobiles with their accelerator on the floor. We have seen the site where five F-1 rocket engines, each one as powerful as all eight engines of the Saturn combined, will be clustered together to make the advanced Saturn missile assembled in a new building to be built at Cape Canaveral as tall as a 48-story structure, as wide as a city block, and as long as two lengths of this field. Within these last 19 months, at least 45 satellites have circled the Earth. Some 40 of them were made in the United States of America, and they were far more sophisticated and supplied far more knowledge to the people of the world than those of the Soviet Union. The Mariner spacecraft. All right, that's uh, President Kennedy from 1962. Uh, and in that first uh, clip there, uh, again, talking at Rice University uh, and this idea of choosing to go to the moon. And to me, the interesting thing that he said there, the part that is really the say something that uplifts portion of the program uh, was that the president said that this will test the best of our abilities and we are willing to pay that price. Uh, to me, that's uh, that's uniting the nation. Uh, and, and you have to wonder, is there any goal, is there any purpose, is there any cause out there that could bring the United States of America together in that way again? Are we, are we just too content with where we are? Are we too uh, locked into our political back and forth and being convinced that we're too divided to do big things. Uh, do we have any leaders anywhere? And I'm not just talking about government leaders. Do we have a business leader? Do we have a religious leader? Do we do we have a, uh, a person who can come to the forefront of this country and say, here's, here's something we're going to do and invite people to come along? Because the thing that I know about the American people is that they want to be led. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And we see that right here in Utah every single day. People come together and do extraordinary things. Uh, because we do see things that inspire us. And then we say things that uplift us 
and then we do things that that actually make a difference. All right, I want to play just a, another uh, cut from uh, uh, President Kennedy, uh, 1962 at Rice University, uh, talking about what we've conquered and what we need to do to move forward. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. William Bradford, speaking in 1630 of the founding of the Plymouth Bay Colony, said that all great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and both must be enterprised and overcome with answerable courage. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. The exploration of space will go ahead, whether we join in it or not. And it is one of the great adventures of all time. And no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind. All right, again, that's uh, President John F. Kennedy from 1962. Again, saying, hey, we're going to do this. And all the way all the way back uh, to William Bradford in the 1600s, saying that any great endeavor will be met with great difficulties. So he was saying, you know what, this is going to be hard. This is going to be challenging. This is going to be tough. Uh, but again, that's that's the stuff that, that has truly made America an extraordinary place. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for the bottom of the hour. We're going to pick up one more segment in our celebration of Apollo 11 when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Inside sources. Behind the scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources. We'll be with you all the way until 3 o'clock today. Uh, as always, we appreciate uh, you weighing in on uh, the events of the day on the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, you can always do that at 57500. Uh, I want to hit uh, a couple of texts that have come in. We've been talking about the uh, Apollo 11, the celebration, 50th anniversary. Uh, today was the uh, 50th anniversary of the liftoff uh, on their way to the moon before uh, those uh, immortal words of one small step for man. Uh, came about and and really interesting two two interesting texts and these are these are thoughtful and I actually agree with these so the, the first one uh, asks if you know do we really want government to build pyramids just to mobilize people we've reached the limit of what the government is good at uh, maybe debt reduction <laughs> which I could not agree with that texture more uh, I don't think we need a project just to have a project uh, and uh, those of you who listen to me regularly or read my columns in the Deseret News know. Uh, I still firmly believe that the the national debt is the greatest security risk to the country right now, uh, and so yeah, I don't want to. I don't want spending for the sake of spending. I don't want some boondoggle uh, or pyramid. Uh, and and many people were very critical of the race to the moon that it was uh, way too expensive, way too costly, uh, and uh, didn't do as much as everyone hoped it would. Uh, and so I I do agree with that. 
Uh, and I do agree that we've reached the limit of a lot of what government is good at and government's doing things that it should never be doing, uh, things that should be done at the local level for sure. And, uh, yeah, if we could rally the American people about reducing the national debt, that would be extraordinary. Uh, I think that's going to be a really tough sell. And it's going to be a tough sell because there aren't very many leaders in Washington who are willing to even have that conversation. Uh, the Republicans were uh, swept into office in 2016, and they were going to slash the debt uh, and get things going, and they've only added to it uh, at an extraordinary rate. And the Democrats have done the same. Uh, and so that's a, a really interesting one and a, and a big challenge for sure. Uh, one of our other texters uh, raised the idea of um, that the only way we could unite the American people would be if there was the threat uh, of a big disaster of some sort or another. Uh, so whether that's a cold war, uh, whether it's some uh, impending disaster, that that's the only way you could really rally the people together. Uh, and that I that I disagree with. I I still believe the American people want to come together around big ideas uh, and solve big problems. Uh, and I think our our best days as a country are still yet ahead of us. Uh, let me play one last clip uh, from uh, President John F. Kennedy. Again, this was 1962, September of 62 at Rice University, a uh, university that played an important role in the uh, race to the moon. Uh, a lot of the uh, innovation and technology and testing things uh, were, were part of what was happening at Rice University. And uh, this was the conclusion uh, of President Kennedy's address down there. Again, as we uh, look at these things. Uh, here's, here's how he wrapped up uh, that conversation. Many years ago, the great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said because it is there. Well, space is there. And we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Thank you. All right. As uh, part of our uh, Apollo 11 celebration, uh, again, that's uh, President John F. Kennedy from uh, September of uh, 1962, Rice University. And I did find it interesting there that, uh, one, he, he did extend it beyond just space. He said, we're, we're going to go to the moon because it's there. But he said that peace is there, uh, that prosperity is there, that innovation is there. Uh, and that is part of the American spirit is to pursue those things because they are there. Uh, and then I did find it most extraordinary that as he concluded his remarks, and I, I don't know that a politician could get away with it uh, in today's world, uh, that he asked for the blessings of heaven to be on the effort, uh, knowing that it would be dangerous, knowing that there would be great risk. Uh, and and could a politician today say that? Can can you invoke that uh, in our political rhetoric today? Uh, really, really fascinating. So again, as we as we wrap up this segment, uh, I go back to to where we started this segment, and that is where I always sign off. Uh, inside sources with see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. And and those who were part of that space program, uh, they did something. 400,000 people uh, were involved uh, at one level or another uh, in that effort to get to the moon. Uh, I also listened this morning to an interview uh, with John Glenn and Walter Cronkite, who got together 
uh, a few years ago, but before they had passed away, and uh, talked about that statement uh, from Neil Armstrong, uh, the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, uh, and asked they asked him why that statement. And he said, well, it really was just a small step, and he knew it would be a small step. But the reason he said he chose the giant leap was for the 400,000 people who had worked to make it possible who weren't there with him on the moon, but who had made it possible for him to be on the moon. Uh, His humility was such a defining character trait for him uh, that he always seemed to feel a little uncomfortable in terms of the recognition that he got and uh, the, the accolades that he received. He said it was just happened to be his turn. There were a lot of people who prepared, a lot of people who trained. Uh, he just happened to be the one. And, uh, again, very American approach in, in terms of that success and uh, what they were able to achieve. So we're going to continue to follow that as we go through the rest of the week here on KSL News Radio and in the pages of the Deseret News and DeseretNews.com. Uh, a lot of great celebrations, a lot of great memories. Uh, we're going to look uh, later on this week at some of the Utah ties uh, to the space program. Uh, of course, Jake Garn, uh, a senator in space, uh, was the first Utahan in space. And uh, so we'll we'll talk about some of uh, his experiences, some of the things that he's recorded. Uh, really interesting to get his perspective uh, on all of this as well. All right. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to step aside uh, just a little early here uh, for our break. And when we come back, uh, I want to pick up with a Some interesting ideas from one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite thinkers, Arthur Brooks. Uh, We're going to talk about how we age in our professions and what we ought to be doing uh, as we get a little older and uh, how we do that in terms of our profession. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We'll be right back.